Psalm 18. This is such a great psalm. And uh, how about as you're turning there, how about if we all stand? Psalm 18. I want to start by just reading the first three verses. It begins, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love you, Lord. O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemy. Lord, we just thank you that we can cry out to you. We can call upon the Lord. And you are worthy of all of our praise, all adoration, all glory, all honor. And Lord, when we call upon the Lord, there is a salvation that is released. It's activated with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. When we call upon you, we shall be saved. We shall be saved from our enemies just like David was 3,000 years ago. So Lord, we just pray that this wonderful psalm that David wrote, you can make it come alive to us, just as alive as it was to him when he penned it. On that day that you delivered him from all of his enemies and from the hand of the king of the nations, Saul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your presence, for your spirit. Come now. Come now, Lord. Come in a special way. Ignite our hearts to fear your name and to love you in a greater measure. Speak now, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. David's opening statement is packed with intimate devotion. I will love you, Lord. I'll love you, O Lord, my strength. And the word for love here is the beautiful word racham. It's only used twice in all the Psalms. And it's a love that comes from the womb of a mother. And it's deep, intimate, tender, and protective. 
And from that place of deep racham, love, David calls God by his most holy name, Yahweh. And because David longed for a greater intimacy with God, Yahweh responded by becoming personal and intimate with David. David knew his God and, and he loved him with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, and with all his strength. And he was filled. He was filled with faith and trust in God. No wonder he's identified in Acts 13.22 when the Lord says, I found David, a man after my heart who will do all my will. We've referred to that verse all throughout this series in the Psalms. But I want you to notice something. Notice the possessive pronoun, my. My. David says, Yahweh is my rock my fortress, my deliverer, my strength, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I want you to just meditate, meditate, savor these words. Rock, fortress, deliverer. Strength, shield, salvation, and stronghold. Each description has a practical military context. Yahweh is the one who protects, secures, and gives victory in battle. And David knew that he would call out to God. And I love this Hebrew word for call or call out is kara. Kara, which carries the meaning of calling out in a louder fashion than your normal volume. Now, remember that David developed this pattern of prayer with God over a thousand years before Jesus even came. Now, look to verses 4 and 5. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, and the snares of death confronted me. We see here that for David, the threat of death was very real. So he agonized with the pangs of death, the sorrows of Sheol, and the snares of death. Personally, I'm convinced, as I was spending time with this psalm this week, I'm convinced that God wants each of us, hear me now, more prepared for eternity. You know, I heard one go, yes. A number of others may have thought in your heart, well, yes, but not yet. God wants our hearts prepared for eternity. And he wants to prepare them now, not until we're on our deathbed before we're just about to step in. I just, I love Pastor John's current series on heaven. How many of you have been attending? 
Yes, praise the Lord. What a series on heaven. What a great blessing it's been to me personally. And a timely word to all of us who are in Christ. And in each of Pastor John's messages comes the beauty of eternity. It makes us want to go to heaven and make it more real. And it makes it so attractive. But David here, with the pangs and the floods and the sorrows and the snares of death surrounding him, what did David do? What did David do? Verse 6 tells us. In my distress, I called, I kata, spoke out in a louder tone than my normal volume. Not necessarily screaming, but it's more than just a conversation. And I cried out to my God, and he heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. And notice that in distress, David did not cry out to his friends or to his family. He knew that only God could rescue and deliver him. And the only one who could do that was Yahweh, God Almighty. And in his anguish, David called upon Kara and cried out to his God. He desperately, audibly, and vigorously cried out to God. And King David used the words, call out or cry out, to God 49 times in the Psalms alone. He intentionally sought after God. Now, before I continue, let me say that obviously God is not hard of hearing. Uh, he can hear the faintest cry. If the cry comes from the heart, he recognizes it. And even if it's only a, a passing thought or even a groan without words, God is sensitive enough to hear the heart of a deep longing soul to connect with God. David wrote Psalm 39, 38 verse 9 from personal experience. He writes, Lord, all my desire is before you. And my sighing is not hidden from you. David gave vent to anguish sighing and vocal crying out and both reached the ears of God. Now today we're going to focus on loud crying out to God, but there are examples of voiceless prayers also in the scriptures. There was a desperate woman who crept near Jesus in the midst of a pressing crowd. And the extent of her prayer was simply to reach out and touch the border of his garment. That was her prayer. And as she reached out, she believed that she would be healed of her chronic hemorrhaging. And with faith and trust, she dropped to her knees, reached out and touched the hem of her garment, hem of his garment, and her prayer was answered. Sometimes a person prays with his or her tears when words are lacking. 
The book of Samuel begins and it opens with a narration about a son of King Rehoboam named Elkanah. Elkanah had a couple of wives that we know of, one Penina and another one Hannah. Penina was very fruitful, brought forth a number of children, but Hannah was barren. It focuses on this particular story because it wants to show the history of the birth of the great prophet Shmuel or Samuel. So one of the wives, Hannah, who longed for a child and couldn't get pregnant, came into the Lord's tabernacle with a burdened heart so that she would be able to bear a child, the longing desire of her soul. In 1 Samuel 1.10, it tells us she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She later told her husband, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit and have poured out my soul before the Lord. Although Hannah's physical voice was silent, God heard her fervent prayer and God granted her a son, Samuel. God also heard the silent prayer of Abraham's servant who was sent on a mission to find a wife for Isaac. You remember the story in Genesis 24? And it says that the servant was having a conversation with Laban, the brother of the girl that he saw. And it says in Genesis 24, 45, the servant is talking to Laban. He says, but before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebekah coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder. You see, prayers do not even need to be spoken out loud in order to be heard by our God. God not only hears with his ears, he also sees and knows the intentions in our hearts. So if God sees our hearts and knows our thoughts, why do we need to cry out to him in a louder voice? Because he invites us to. That's why. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of your trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Jeremiah 33 says, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So calling out to God gets his attention and God responds. David consistently cried out to God. In Psalm 55, verses 17 through 19, he wrote, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in shalom from the battle that was against me, for there were many who were against me. God will hear. Wow. Because 
God is compassionate and gracious and faithful to His promises. He will hear and answer the cries of our hearts. This is why we cry out. The truth is David needed many breakthroughs in his life against all his enemies. In all the situations he faced, he needed to have spiritual breakthroughs and physical breakthroughs. And you know what? The truth is, so do we. 2 Samuel 5 verse 20 says, So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated his enemies there. And he said, The Lord Yahweh has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, David called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Baal means master. Perazim is the plural for breakthrough. Or piercing through. Or sudden entering into. So Baal Perazim means master of breakthroughs. Plural. So David called the name of that place where God gave him the victory. He recognized God's hand in the battle. He gave God all the glory for the victorious outcome. And he called the name of that place Master of Breakthroughs. Master of Breakthroughs. And this is exactly what our God is. He is the Master of Breakthroughs. And during his life, David needed more than just one breakthrough. He needed many. And we can all relate to that. So when David called out, when David cried out to his God, he was saved from his enemies. Wonderful song choice, Bill. Our problem is we don't believe it. At least to the degree of how often we do it, it shows that somewhere faith is probably lacking. Otherwise, we do it more often. But crying out to God is a path of intercessory breakthrough for the body of Christ. God will answer the cries of His people. Now, it's really unfortunate that this truth is so rarely taught. Isaiah 40, Isaiah, no, Hosea 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I think a simple fair paraphrase could say, My people miss out terribly because they just do not know. I learned the power of crying out to God when I first surrendered my life to Jesus on the lawn of a Hawaiian church 50 years ago this July. I was desperate for God. And I cried out to Him, longing for Him to forgive my sin. You see, I saw the black tentacles that were surrounding my heart. I saw that in the Spirit. And sin was suffocating my heart. And I was desperate in need of a Savior because I saw how far my sin had separated me from a holy God. That made me desperate. You see, if we do not see our sin and how far it separated us from God, 
then maybe we'll need Jesus just to get me out of my problem. Not to be Lord and Supreme of my entire life. I was that desperate that day. And with all my heart, I cried out to Jesus in those early morning hours. And my king met me on the lawn of that church. And it was the greatest breakthrough of my life. And I believe that the Lord wants to defeat our enemies before us like a breakthrough of water. Right here in Waco. We are here at this time according to his will for his kingdom to come and his purposes to be realized right here in Waco, Texas. Right here, right now. This manner of praying may be awkward or foreign to many of you. I think that's probably because many find it unusual or difficult to cry out to God in times of, of even great need or in, even in times of trouble. And you know what? That's especially true for us men. I didn't think I'd hear an amen. But it's true. Listen, I'm a man. I don't have a problem saying what a man is. <laughs> but you see, us men, we prefer to be known as strong and self-sufficient. Now we might shout at a sporting event. Immediately stand to our feet, start clapping and cheering, hey, and looking at each other, high-fiving. But we never think of expressing ourselves to God who gave us all those emotions to begin with. It seems pretty foreign to most of us in the West. But it's not foreign to God. Nor to people that are desperate for God to move in some way. Africans pray this way easily. This is why we love living in Africa. You don't even need to encourage them. Would you all please stand? Are you kidding? They want to stand. They don't want to sit down. Yeah, they pray easily this way. You see, the, the thing is, is that the African culture, all throughout the continent, they don't have the same pride issues that we face in our more educated nations. And as a result, we are reserved where they are free. I want you to listen to the description of Jesus in prayer that we find in Hebrews 5, verse 7. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his godly fear and reverence. Friends of Jesus, your King, your Lord, your Savior cried out to his Father with prayer and supplication. This is why the Holy Spirit wants all of us to learn from Jesus this way of praying. Now, Jesus didn't pray like this all the time. 
He was sensitive to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and to know how to pray in each situation that he faced throughout the day. Probably most of his crying out to God happened when he was in private. But let me encourage you, each of you, to seek out a quiet place tomorrow or perhaps even this afternoon where you are completely alone with God. I found that the car is a pretty safe place and secure place to pray out loud, especially when you roll the windows up. I also like to take a walk in the woods. Now, crying out to God doesn't mean that with all your lungs. It just means that you're talking out loud, you're talking to God, and you're showing an element of a longing desperation. God, I want you to heal. Lord, I want this war in Ukraine to end. Lord, I'm crying out to you. Now, you don't have to shout at the top of your lungs, but you do need to pray audibly as you cry out. This is not an inward type of prayer. It's an outward expressed prayer. So I want to encourage you, don't miss the opportunity to pray like King David and like King Jesus this week. I'm not going to say two weeks down the road because, like Bill said, we may not remember. That's why I say... Start right after church. When you get in your car on the way home, that's a good time to start. Lord, help our memories. This kind of prayer moves God into action. I, I could give you dozens and dozens of scripture of different people who cried out and how God answered. An entire nation cried out and God answered. My prayer is that each of us will ask the master of breakthroughs this, this week to lead us, to inspire us, and to answer us in his perfect way and perfect timing. You might pray for a loved one or a situation or someone in leadership. Perhaps for a healing for a job or a relational problem. You can cry out for our nation. How many of you know our nation needs some breakthroughs? Parazim, multiple, multiple breakthroughs our nation needs. You might be in that type of desperate need. Don't let your prayers be confined only to your heart. Have them graduate to come out of your mouth in a crying out desperation form so that God will get that attention. It will turn his ear. His ears are specifically mentioned when it comes to calling out and crying out. It gets his ear. Maybe our leaders. How about the persecuted church? How they long for people to cry out and pray for them in their time of trouble and desperate need. They're doing it already. They'd like to have some help. 
They have some brothers and sisters to lift up their arms. You might pray for the war in Ukraine. Rather than talking about it or complaining about it, pray about it. It's so much, it's so much easier to talk than it is to pray. We just need to direct our attention to where a change can take place. You know, another reason for crying out to God is because we love Him so much and we want more and more of Him every day and in every way. I want you to listen to David's passion for his God. Oh God, we need, we need a taste of his passion. Psalms 84, verses 1 and 2. How lovely and beautiful is your dwelling place, O Yahweh. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I want you to hear this man's heart this morning. I want you to hear God's heart. He's totally after God. So brothers and sisters, this morning, I pray you would let the love of the Lord flow through your life in such a way that crying out would become more natural than a foreign experience. So this morning, I want to lead us in prayer in a different way. I know in times past, those of you that have been a part of prime time for a while, you've heard me teach on crying out to God in prayer. And I've had us all stand and we've all cried out together. And I've blown the shofar. And we, we had a great time for about three minutes. And then we go about the rest of our day and wow, wasn't that an interesting Sunday school. And somehow it did not become a life lesson. I'm praying that the Lord would make this a life lesson in each of our lives. David said, you remember? In evening and the morning and at noon. David needed a consistency of this type of prayer because in the natural, we will not do it. And the enemy hates when we do. If he gets defeated, do you think he's going to be encouraged? I hate hey, Call out, call out to your God today. No way. If God answers and defeats enemies through crying out, it's going to be a chief target of his to make sure we don't cry out. Make sure we get distracted. And stay feeling uncomfortable in voicing your prayers out loud. Little of the enemy will get destroyed in that manner. So I want to lead, however, in a different way this morning. After I pray a couple of sentences, I want to just ask you if you would be willing to respond with a short prayer of agreement. Would you be willing to do that this morning? I want that prayer of agreement on your part to be a part of a time of crying out even though you only have about five words that you add at the end of a prayer. I'm going to end each prayer by saying we pray. And your response is simply Lord hear and answer our prayer. Can we try that? We pray. Lord.
Good, let's try it again. We pray. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to cry out to you today that you would turn your attention, oh God, to all those in authority. Lord, we take hold of Paul's command to Timothy. First of all, so we want to pray for all those in authority, especially those who are the heads of state in the nations. They are prime targets for the working of the enemy because they affect so many people. So we pray for these heads of state in the nations this morning. We pray. Lord, we pray specifically for our President Biden. President Putin, President Zelensky. Lord, we pray you'd bring these three men to their knees. Our president needs to find comfort on his knees before a holy God. So does President Putin and President Zelensky. Lord, we pray you'd turn these men from their own heart to the heart of God, to their own right thinking, to the righteousness of God. We pray you'd save them for your glory, O God. We pray for an end to this war. Please keep it from escalating into a larger war involving more nations and armies. God, for this we pray. Lord, we pray for our city, Waco. Would you deliver us from anger and crime? And rebellion and suicide? Would you deliver our city from pride and unrighteousness? Oh Lord, would you awaken the church here in Waco and in the nation? Lord, would you send revival to your church? Oh Lord Jesus, our heavenly bridegroom, Bring reformation and transformation to our cities. And for this we pray. Lord, we plead with you this morning. God, to remove the scourge of abortion from our city. From our state. God, from our nation. God, would you cancel the covenant with death, O oh God. And would you release life and hope and morality into the United States of America? And God, for this we pray. Lord, we want to pray for the upcoming FM 72 revival on Baylor's campus that starts this evening, Lord. Oh God, would you soften the hearts of the staff and the faculty and the students that would all be there? Lord, would you prepare each heart right now, this Sunday morning, as they prepare to gather tonight, Sunday night, to hear your word. Lord, we want to pray for our Pastor John. We want to pray for JP over at Harris Creek and others that will be sharing with these precious students in the coming days. We pray for an anointing to come on every speaker 
that it would penetrate the darkness and great light would shine on Baylor's campus. We pray for the salvation of many and for the return of prodigals back to yourself. And for this we pray. Lord, as the Wellness Center opens soon, we'll face many needs and opportunities to share our faith with our neighbors here. Oh God, would you prepare us for this season of ministry? God, as the building's going up across the street, I don't know how prepared we really are for what's coming. I've sensed in the past we get a taste of it every New Year's Day when we invite church under the bridge to come and have a meal with us. Lord, it is a cultural shock on both sides. But God, we just pray that you would give us your heart and your love for our neighbors. And we pray you'd give us wisdom in serving them as you desire. And for all this we pray. Our Father, we're just a deeply grateful people this morning. Thank you and bless you for both hearing the cry of our hearts and for answering the prayers of your people. Your word says this, and we stand on that this morning. Your people cried out. You heard with your ears and answered in your sovereign majesty. And Lord, we can never thank you enough for this privilege and honor. What people can call out and cry out to God and get answers? What privilege, what honor. And Lord, I pray this morning you teach us to pray like King David prayed. Teach us to pray like King Jesus prayed. So that we can get to know you more. And so that we can experience greater measures of your unending love and limitless goodness. Father, would you grant this almighty Yahweh God we pray. Lord, thank you that you reward obedience. You reward obedience. One of the greatest rewards is friendship with Jesus. You are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. And Lord, you made it clear that you, the eternal word, didn't just say, well, if you, if, if you feel like it, you, you can call out to me if you want. Lord, you made it a clear command, call out to me. Cry out to me in your time of trouble, and I will hear, and I will answer. Would you birth something fresh in us today, Lord? God, if there was ever a time where we needed calling out and crying out in prayer and a heart desperate for God to move, it's now. It's now. 
So we just pray, great grace come upon us, O God. Lord, that we wouldn't forget this. So easy to forget. No wonder even in communion you have us remember. Because the humanness of all of us is prone to forgetting. I pray that this is a biblical truth of prayer that would last forever. I pray that Davidic element of an evening, at morning, and at night, I lift my voice and cry aloud to God. Lord, would you get us into a pattern of prayer that would move your heart? We're longing, O oh God, to see you move in a mighty way in each of our lives, in our church, in our city, in our state, in our nation. So I pray that we would be sons and daughters that would find your good pleasure because we're simply doing what you said to do by calling out and crying out in prayer to our God. Grant this grace to come upon all of us we pray. We pray. We pray. We pray. Amen. Have a great rest of the morning.